In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is the epistle reading, which you've already heard. Thanksgiving is a time when we're supposed to direct our hearts and our minds to the gifts that we have been given. Traditionally, you've probably seen social seen posts on social media about what folks are thankful for all month. We've had a board up at our school at Lutheran Central where students and teachers have been able to post things that they've been thankful for. Even at dinner tonight, we, we all said one thing that we were thankful for as we were eating our evening meal. This whole enterprise reminds me of how the catechism explains the petition, give us this day our daily bread. There, we're reminded that we're not telling God that we're hungry. He, he already knows that. Instead, we're reminded that God is the one who has given us everything that we have, that we're taught to realize that he is the giver of these gifts that support our needs of, of this body and this life, and that we should receive that daily bread with thanksgiving. Tonight's epistle is a really wonderful extension of that theology, that reminder of what we are praying for in the Lord's Prayer. Our reading begins with these words. The point is this. Unfortunately, we didn't hear the point that Paul was trying to make because of the way the lectionary cut it up this evening. So just by way of a review, the opening verses of 2 Corinthians 9, in that chapter, Paul is speaking about an offering that he's been gathering for the saints in Jerusalem, who at that time had been suffering under a famine. Paul wanted the Corinthian Christians to be ready to give their offering as part of this rather large collection across uh, the Mediterranean basin so that he could bring it to Jerusalem eventually. Paul mentions that he's bringing a couple of Macedonians with him, Macedonians, which were poorer Christians, who are also bringing a rather generous offering. Well, there's another little curveball that Paul throws in here, and that he's really talked up the generosity of the Corinthian Christians to the Macedonians, which is why the Macedonians who again were rather poor, had given rather richly to this offering. In a sense, Paul was trying to lay a challenge before the Corinthians to see if their generosity would indeed live up to that of the poor Christians in Macedonia. Paul gives us a simple metaphor. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly, but... If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. You know this is true, that if you plant just a few green beans in your garden, you're just going to get a few green bean plants. But if you plant lots of green beans, you're going to get lots of those plants and the yield is going to be greater. But is Paul really giving us advice on gardening in this epistle? Certainly not. Paul wants us to understand that the offering a person gives is a reflection of his faith in the Lord of the harvest. If we give offerings based on what we think we can give according to our home budgets, then we're showing that we believe that the Lord will give us what we need for each week, and that's it. And that is what the Lord will provide. But as I said, 
this isn't just a metaphor about our offerings. This is ultimately about how our faith in Jesus Christ expresses itself. Our faith is in what, if our faith is in what we see around us, the tangible things of the world, what we can touch, smell, taste, feel with our hands, those kinds of things, and that's all that, that, that our faith is in, well, what you see is really all there is. If I have 20 bucks, if I can feel that $20 bill in my hands, I'm probably not going to taste it. But if I have that $20 bill and I experience it with my senses, and I believe that that's all I have, well, then that's all I have. But that's not how it is with the Lord. God is always more willing to give than we are willing to ask. St. Paul reminds us that God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Picking up that second part of that quotation, I don't think that we would consider that God's righteousness would actually run out at all. As I often point out to our catechism students, God is superabundant in his grace, lavishly giving us so many opportunities to receive the forgiveness of sins daily and richly through the means of grace. God's righteousness does not run out for the soul who looks to Christ to be made righteous. In the same way, what God has given to us he has given it to us, poor sinners, freely and without any merit or worthiness in me. St. Paul says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, what you have now is not all that you will have. The Lord gives bountifully. He gives with both hands, and he gives according to his bounteous grace towards you. But he doesn't just give to us to make us rich, either. Solomon writes in the Proverbs that wealth, with wealth comes the temptation of forgetting the Lord. That's the constant refrain of the Old Testament. They would go through periods of prosperity. They would forget the Lord who had delivered them into the promised land. That was the point of the liturgical exercise that we had in our Old Testament reading, to be reminded that it was God who had brought them into that land. Instead, God enriches us in every way that we can be generous in every way, which produces thanksgiving to God. In the case of what Paul writes, God enriched the Corinthians that they might be generous in giving to the saints in Jerusalem, which in turn caused them to give glory to God. The faithfulness expressed in generosity was a light for the Christians in Jerusalem. Remember Jesus' promise from the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God enriches us to do good to others for the express purpose of pointing 
others to the Father who graciously gives us all things. And so it is with you, dear saints. God has enriched you that you might be generous in every way. His righteousness endures forever, and it will not run out. His gracious provision for you will not run out. Therefore, let us be bold in our generosity in supplying the needs of the saints. And people loved by God, that's exactly what we do every time we put a dollar into the offering plate. Sure, some of that goes to pay for things that aren't really all that glamorous, keeping the lights on, and, well, we are getting to the point where maybe having the heat on is a little more glamorous. But as you well know, a significant portion of our budget goes towards providing a Christian education, not only for our students here at Trinity, but for other students in other congregations, even some students that don't belong to any Christian congregation. These students who are the littlest saints of God, who are right here in our midst, through other projects that we as a congregation are a part of, we also support our district and our synod mission efforts here at home and across the globe. God has enriched you for these very purposes and so much more. God entrusts those riches into our hands that we would be good stewards of them and also that we might take part in his bringing of the gospel to those who are around us, those who especially need to hear it. This is one of the ways that our faith in Christ Jesus enduring righteousness and for God's bountiful provision of all our needs of body and soul expresses itself. Let us be not as the rich man in the parable that we heard from the gospel who's just built bigger barns to store all of his extra goods, holding on to that stuff just to care for his own needs. What he had was what he had, and in the end, he couldn't take it with him. So let us then invest in our faith, using the gifts that God has given to us, so that investment grows and grows, not only in this life, but into life everlasting. And in this way, we express our thanks to God for all that he has done for us and more, not just with our words and with the way we worship, but with all that we have and all that we are. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.